Hello, passionate people. You are listening to Passion Harvest. Thank you so much for listening today. And as always, I'm so passionate to share these episodes with you. I'm Louisa, your host, International Passion Ambassador. Every week we share new episodes talking with people across the planet who have an inspiring, entertaining and passionate story to share, taking you on a journey to discover your passion. Hello, passionate listeners. My guest today is David Ditchfield. A few years ago, David had a freak accident in which he was dragged under a spinning train. As the surgeons fought to save him, he had a profound near-death experience, or NDE, as they call it, and journeyed to what he believed was the afterlife. When he woke up in hospital, he had acquired astonishing new abilities, which to this day he can still not explain. The first was an enhanced ability to paint. After his NDE, David felt compelled to produce dramatic and rich images of the things he saw in the afterlife, paintings so vivid and real, it was thought he had taken an HD camera with him to visually capture what most NDEs can only describe using words. Then even more surprisingly, he started composing classical music. This newfound gift was all the more astonishing as David, a former punk pop guitarist, has never received any training in classical music and never composed such music before his NDE. In fact, to this day, he cannot read or write a single note of musical notation. David's debut symphony, The Divine Light, expresses what he felt during his NDE. The symphony was premiered at a sell-out concert and received a standing ovation from the audience. David, I'm honoured to have you on Passion Harvest. Welcome to the show. Thank you. Great to be here. What an incredible experience. I I, I don't even know where to start. It's just (laughs) unbelievable. I've listened to your music and it is so beautiful and so overpowering and I I absolutely love it. Oh, thank you. That's great to hear. (laughs) (laughs) So I guess we'll start at the beginning, your accident. And how that happened? Sure. Well, um, I was seeing off a friend at at, um, at the, um, the the rail station um, where I was staying at the time, and um, I was helping her onto the onto the train carriage uh, with her bags, and gave her a kiss and a hug goodbye. And as I stepped off, um, the emergency doors uh, closed on my coat and my coat had become trapped within the doors and I tried everything I could to, to release that coat but it but, uh, it was like a really good quality sheepskin and it wasn't going to come loose <laughs> and I tried everything you know I, I, um, I remember calling out for a guard and no one was there then I hit these sort of open and close buttons either side of the doors nothing happened I you know I um even banged on the on the on the doors itself, hoping it might jolt them open. But uh, I realised then that I, I was trapped. So the train started to depart from the station, and uh, yeah, I, eventually I lost my footing because uh, it pulled off at great speed, and I was dragged along the platform, and then and then underneath the actual train itself, and. Um, 
So, yeah, at that point, I thought, well, this is it. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm going to die. I, I didn't expect to have survived going under a train at all. And um, in fact, the rail police uh, who did a, a, a national inquiry on, on the whole incident said to me after everything they'd done, they said, they turned around and they said, you should be dead. We don't understand why you're here. We don't understand how you survived that. We've done all, all our masks and everything and, you know, you shouldn't have survived it. But I did. So I'm here to tell the story. And um, so, yeah, so that's really what happened, you know, the, the, you know, the, uh, the horror of it all <laughs> unveiled. And, and you still have... I mean, I mean, when I hear you retell the story, I mean, the horror of it and, gosh, certainly a very emotional experience. Is it, do, you still, do you see it as a movie set or do you still have emotions when you think of that time? That's interesting to see it as a movie set. Um, I, I had lots of therapy afterwards uh, to try and, because I, could, I suffered from post-traumatic stress disorder and, um, one of the forms of, forms of therapy I did was uh, was actually called sort of video recall, where I, where I had to, to go over the whole pattern of events time and time again to try and sort of like get it into my head that it was it wasn't such a bad thing to deal with. Although that didn't really seem to make it that much better. Gosh. But um, you know, in all fairness, I worked very hard at all that because I needed to be able to get on a train again because at that point I was unable to drive anymore. So I felt sort of sort of trapped I couldn't get anywhere you know and I really wanted to sort of conquer it I, you know so um so yeah I it's there are emotions attached to it there always will be um but um it's I've talked about the the, the actual accident itself quite a few times now so it's not too difficult for me to deal with mm. to actually discuss it yeah because um the positives that, that came from it afterwards are, are the most important aspects of it all to me, really, you know, it's, uh, that, so those are the things I, I tend to focus on, mm-hmm. which I'm very lucky in that sense that, um, that I've got that to, to, to look back on and, you know, rather than dwell on the negatives as it were. Yeah. So after this horrific experience, you were taken to the hospital and the doctors um, managed to, facilitate your survival <laughs> that's right yes they basically saved me i was you know i had an incredible team of doctors uh, that day that i that i've since learned you know i was um it was just like everything was going my way afterwards like i, I got a there was this new consultant who just started at the hospital that they took me into and he was very keen and proactive to sort of to save not only me, but uh, my arm, which had been um, um, decapitated, not decapitated, sorry. <laughs> and I'm not good with blood. I really am not. Oh, sorry, I'll stop. I'll stop. No, no, that's okay. fine. <laughs> okay, I won't draw on that too much. Anyway, okay. So, all right. So the, the, the consultant himself, he did an amazing job and, and uh, he worked very hard on, on, on looking after me. Um, so, yes, yeah, so I was in hospital and uh, I, was, I was in the the... Um, emergency part, department at that point and um, and my family had come in to see me you know and um, they, they were all they were there stood around me and it was at that point that I I am um, I, I, I left my body and um, 
have what's called, as, as you said earlier, uh, uh, an NDE, a near-death experience. So would you like to talk a bit about that? I would love to. Great. Okay. Well, um, And it's incredible that you can recall it. I'm sorry to interrupt. I'm kind of bad at that, but it's just so fascinating that you can actually recall it. So please go on. I'm sorry to interrupt you. <laughs> no, of course. Yeah. It, it's, um, please do inter- feel free to interrupt anytime. Um, yeah. So, um, so at that point I was obviously in a tremendous amount of pain and, uh, and, and distress, you know, and, um, I, um, I suddenly went from, I remember lying there and I, I looking up and all the lights were all kind of like almost like screaming into my eyes and, and, the, and the noise was on overload because there was so much going on. There was a lot of frantic voices running around, you know, trying to save me basically at that point. And I went from that to this, what seemed like a, a, a beautiful darkened room, a very peaceful place. And all the, all the pain and the anxiety had just, suddenly just kind of gone from from me from my body and so i just lay there and i thought wow where am i this is beautiful this is amazing and um and i just looked ahead of my feet and i saw what looked to be uh, an androgynous being uh, just kind of lit in the darkness and um this being was just kind of like staring at me very calmly and reassuringly with a kind of like a, a sort of a knowing smile on, on, on this being's face. And um, I felt like I'd known this being, you know, sort of, you know, since the beginning of time or whatever, you know, before this life and or what have you, you know, I felt very, very familiar and at, and at one with this being. Um, and I suddenly looked around me and, and there were like these pulsating colours, all slowly pulsating, like sort of uh, ambers, oranges, blues, yellows, greens and uh, and I just thought this is so lovely and I then looked to see how my body was looking and as I looked down over my body I realized that I was now covered in this kind of like blue sort of cloth which is almost like a silk sort of satin sort of cloth and um, this cloth like sort of felt very comforting it was kind of cool but warm at the same time and um, I suddenly realized that all my injuries are gone, you know, they were healed. And I could see my arms and legs where everything seemed intact and I, I looked good. I was looking good. So um, I lay my head back down again and enjoyed this peace. And as I lay my head down, I suddenly realized then that I was joined by two other beings, uh, two, uh, a female form either side of me to my left and right. And... Um, these beings were kind of like had their, their hands kind of like slowly sort of going, hovering over the top of my body. Um, similar to Reiki healing. I don't know if you're familiar with that, but it's a similar kind of thing to that. And uh, I, the, the energy that was coming from, from these, from their hands was, was like very powerful. It was, uh, it's almost like this kind of like a, a slow pulsating energy going throughout my body. And um, I then kind of looked ahead of my feet and I could see this light that was kind of coming towards me. And uh, this, this light, it was like a tunnel of light. So there was like a pure white light in the middle. And, the, and, and then there was kind of like these slow sort of yellows and orange and reds 
flames kind of like circling around this this pure white light and i thought wow this is this is really something quite strong a very strong presence here and i and um again i laid back my head and enjoyed this wonderful experience that i was in and then the next thing i noticed as i looked up there were, there were like these three grids i, I can only describe them as of, of, of pure white light again and and I was lying and I just stared into, into this white light uh, uh, coming from these grids. And un unlike um, you know, like looking into the sun or into a sort of electronic lighting or whatever, man-made light, I could stare right into it. And I didn't want to lose my gaze because it just felt so comforting. And, um, and again, I could feel energy coming from, from this light. So um, by now, the... Uh, the sensation that I was beginning to feel was love, uh, like an overwhelming feeling of love coming from all around me. And um, it's like all the all the feelings of love that you could ever have in your life, you know, whether it's from your your mother, your lover, your father, or or your your pet cat, or what have you. You know, it was all those kind of feelings all encompassed into one. And um, so. This was this was something really wonderful, and um, then I suddenly lay there and I thought um, to myself, "Well, what about my family? You know, they I knew that they were back in the hospital and they were all stood around this um, hospital bed that I was on, and uh, with anxiety written all across their faces. So I decided to kind of look over to to one side to see if I could see them, and I realised then that. I was lying on on what I could only describe as being like a, a big slate, sort of, kind of, um, um, like a, oh, I don't know, like a plateau, you know, which is really odd because it felt very comfortable. You wouldn't normally <laughs> want to be lying on top of a piece of slate, but this felt really comfortable. Like a plinth, sort of. Like a plinth, yeah, indeed, yeah. And and so um, I lay on the, on this plinth and. Uh, and I looked to one side, hoping to see my family. I don't know why I thought I'd look to the left and see them, but I, I looked. And um, as I looked down, I, just, I saw this incredible vision. Of, um, uh, and it was like a waterfall of stars. And this, it was like a huge, huge waterfall. And these stars were kind of just like cascading down. And uh, there was like shooting stars just falling right down through the middle. And um, it was just so powerful, and uh, I just thought, "Wow, I am I am no longer in this small darkened room that I figured. I'm actually sort of in the middle of the universe." It felt I felt like I was right out in space, you know. And um, and I looked again to, to, to gaze at this incredible sight, and I the further I looked into it, the deeper I looked. I realised that these stars were cascading into into other universes, other galaxies, and going into infinity. So it was just a tremendous, powerful sensation. And um, I, 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 was, I was so filled with, with joy, you know, at this point. And interestingly enough, I just kind of rolled my head back over and thought, me of old would have been feeling guilty and anxious about my family and worried about them. But all those feelings are gone, you know. It's, I, I, while I was there, I had no anxiety issues, 
nothing at all like that. I just, I remember lying there and saying to myself, oh, well, I'll be seeing them soon. They'll be joining me later, I'm sure, at some point. There's, there's no doubt about it, you know, because I believed at that point that, um, that I'd, I'd died, that I'd, I'd moved on to the next stage, as it were. So um, I, I really felt that that was it. But I was quite happy with it. I was very happy to be there, you know. It was, it's, it was a beautiful place. Um, so I lay back and then as I looked at my feet, this tunnel of light that I talked about earlier seemed to be closing in even closer. And um, the energy coming from it and from, from that white light in the middle and from the, the flames kind of slowly licking around um, became so strong and so powerful that the that sensation and feeling of love was like um, it was turned up really high, and it was just it, it was it was tremendous. And I suddenly thought to myself, this energy, this energy of light, this is like this is kind of like this is the source of all creation, basically. This is to me now. I look back on it, and I figured it at the time. This to me, this, this is the energy of God. It's not this. Um, guy up in the sky with a, with a long beard, you know, and uh, it's, that, that's the source of all creation, and that's what I figured at that point. So, um, yeah, and I lay my head back, and I thought, they must be preparing me for something, sending me on somewhere, because that's what it felt like, I felt like I was being prepared. Um, and as I lay my head back, suddenly, Suddenly, from that point, I was back in the hospital, and it was just the uh, it was like crashing back to earth, you know. And it was quite a shock, you know, to come from that wonderful piece. So I remember the sound of, of of the dots running around was even louder than before, and the light screaming into my eyes was even brighter than before. And it was like, no, <laughs> I'm back, back into the. <laughs> Pain wow. zone. <laughs> wow, wow. So it wasn't a conscious decision to come back to the hospital? Not as, no, not at all. On, on the contrary, I was quite happy to stay where I was. And, um, yeah, I was, I just, so I, I, didn't, I didn't make a choice to come back. But, what an uh, absolutely incredible story. And when you were talking about your body on the plinth, did you yeah. see yourself as the person you were before you died, did you see your body as the way I see you now? Yes, yes, I, I recognised uh, uh, my body as, as it was. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I know my own sort of sort of posture and hands and everything. So yeah, it was definitely me. Yeah, but there was no pain. There was no nothing. No, there was no pain. There was there was no injuries, and so um, yeah, all, all that just. I mean. When I say that the, the, the beings of light were, were healing me, what I figure now is looking back on it, that they were probably, rather than healing the physical wounds, I think they were healing, the, you know, healing my soul because my soul had been through this incredible trauma. You know? I mean, when I'd gone under that train, I was, like, I was thrown into, into the most horrific sort of ordeal. You know? It was just uh, it, it was undescribable. I won't go into all that now, but it was just... It was just something that I, I wouldn't wish upon anybody, and uh, it's and I I really believe that the 
that that's what I was being healed. I was being healed from that, taken from that trauma and, and taken into the peace. I guess I want to ask you the question, and I also, but I also want to focus on all the incredible gifts that you've come back with. But um, what was your life like before, just up, leading up to that train accident? Leading up to that point, um, uh, I, I wasn't in a good place actually uh, just before the accident. Um, I'd been living in London, and I'd gone to stay with my sister for a few weeks. Um, I needed. I just needed to get away from from it all. I've been, I've, as you pointed out earlier, um, I've been a guitarist, playing in bands and playing in groups. Um, basically, I'd left school without any qualifications because um, I'm dyslexic. Although I didn't realise that at the time, and so it was a struggle really to get through life. I mean, I think the reason I turned to playing guitar was because I needed some kind of outlet, you know, just to sort of try and steer me through through life as it were um, but obviously there's there's no real career in that you know there's no there, there, you know there's no money in it so I, most of the time i was taking on um, um uh, manual laboring work and stuff like that and um and i realized actually i wasn't that good at that <laughs> you know i was, I was <laughs> you know i was looking around and watching all these other guys doing a brilliant job at, 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 at what they were doing i thought what it what 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 is it that I'm going to do in this life? I just can't find my my niche, you know. And uh, but obviously I had to make ends meet, so so I was getting work where I could. Um, so yeah, so so obviously you know all the gears were grinding for me throughout my my life, and so and I'd uh, just come out of a, a a relationship that I'd been chasing after that clearly wasn't right for me at the time. So, so yeah, so I was down on my luck and, um, so things were, were, were going pretty badly for me. It has to be said, yeah, at that point. Okay. Wow. And then after the accident, obviously you, you were healed and you started healing. You started doing these incredible paintings, which I've had a look at and they're quite incredible of your time how how what what how do you describe I, I'm calling it now on the plinth, but I don't know how you describe it in general of your as your time in the hospital when you went to a different dimension or a different world or you do paintings of your experience. Well, yeah, I I um it's interesting because um they took me into theatre and I operated on me for the, for about eight hours the first operation was. And when I came through the next day, you know, I was pretty shocked, you know, knocked about from the anaesthetic, but also the operation itself. And um, so, but it's interesting because I could not move for days. I was just kind of lay, they, they'd given me my own room, which is really nice, but I, I could not move. And I, but I remember inside feeling really fully charged with all this energy because of what had just happened to me. And I was just, dying to sort of tell the world about it, but I thought, where do I start, you know? And um, I remember my sister came in to visit me that night and she was sat there and she very quietly spoke to me and said, look, is there anything I can get you? And I said, yeah, can you get me um, a small sketch pad and a pencil and, the, and a pencil sharpener? And she went, okay. <laughs> and she just went along with what I'd asked for, wondering why on earth I'd asked for that. But um, I guess I was like, scared to at that point to to sort of 
erase from my memory anything that had just happened to me. But of course, that wasn't going to be the case. You know, that's, it's still with me now, as clear as day. But I just felt this kind of strong urge, this impulse to to want to paint what I'd seen, even though I'd never done anything like that before. I'd never done. I wanted to do this huge canvas. I had. I, I thought this has got to be like a Michelangelo painting. You know, like a big, big canvas. So I was very ambitious right that right from the off to do that. So the sketch that I did is like I've still got it now, this little sketch, but you can barely see at what's going on because I was my, I was so weak, you know. The, I remember the nurses propping up this sketch pad for me on my bed so that I could just slowly do this little drawing, you know, mm. which is um very similar to the very first painting that I did. So so yeah. So um so the Urges to come through. Uh, uh, I, once I was started recovering at home, um, I was just painting quite, quite prolifically. I, I, I just kept doing all these paintings. I, I didn't want to stop. You know, I, was, I found this new sort of like energy that I had to continue through, and it was also very therapeutic for me because I did also have to deal with it, obviously going through such a uh, traumatic trauma. accident. You know, so yeah. And you'd never painted prior? No, no, I'd never done anything like that really at all. You know, it, it, this was a whole new thing to me. And um, what I found was, and I still find, is, is that um, I, I was discovering that I was actually um, channeling ideas through um, from elsewhere when I was doing, the, right from the very first painting, you know, because I was very nervous about doing the very first painting. You know, I thought... Where am I going to start? You know, <laughs> I love that. I start, yes. <laughs> and in fact, it was it was a friend of my sister's just saw me in the street. I'd be because I, I used to go. My sister used to take me out for walks into into town to get me out, you know, walking about. And uh, and we bumped into her friend, and uh, and she'd heard I was going to start doing this painting, and she was going. When are you going to start doing this painting anyway? And I said, yeah, yeah, I, I need to find the right place to do it, you know, and try, you know, delaying it really, I think, at that point, you know. And she said, well, listen, we've got a studio space above our um, health centre that's free this week because we're closed for refurbishment. You can use that. And I went, okay, great. So I knew I had no choice but to start. So I went and started painting up in this room. And uh, these friends of my sister's, ended up letting me stay there for about two years without charging me. You know, they said they enjoyed having me there and stuff and, and they, they were enjoying seeing what was coming out. So, so that was pretty wonderful. Yeah. Um, Sometimes we need those little universal pushes to push us to do the things we're not always ready to do. And your sister sounds lovely, by the way. <laughs> she is. Yeah. Yeah. She, she's, uh, she um, was my rock. Oh, yeah. She sounds lovely. And going back to when you say they were channeled, how were they channeled? Is it sort of like a you saw the visual image, or if you want to just wouldn't mind explaining how they were channeled? Yes, of course. Yeah, um, channeling is it, it's it's something that you don't you don't actually think consciously about. I don't actually sort of uh, no, I didn't actually see anything like a vision, and then it would go. And I'd start painting it. It was actually helping me with my technique, if you like. It would help me to sort of like. I'd be painting and I'd, and I'd let the painting develop and then I'd, I'd stand back at the end of the day and I'd look at the canvas and I'd go, wow, you know, 
Can I just do that? You know, it's coming. It's, and and uh, as time went on, I started to realise that it wasn't just me that was that was putting paint onto canvas. You know, it was like it was. Uh, I was getting help from elsewhere, and uh, my spirituality had just just gone up tenfold. That it stayed <laughs> with me. So you know, I was like standing at the end, and at the end of each day, and I was going, "Thank you, thank you." You know, which I still do, by the way. Every whatever happens, anything I'm creating. I love your I gratitude. That. I love it. Even from having the single room by yourself in the hospital, that gratitude is awesome. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's, um, it's, it's very important to, to me to, to say thanks because, um, you know what? I mean, I do that I, you know, if on the first, on the anniversary of the actual accident itself, I always find a nice quiet place. There's this little old, um, um, chapel that's that's that dates back to 1662 i think it is which is like a bridge chapel near where i live and and i go in there and and then i just say send out some prayers at the exact time and date of the actual accident itself which is 4 p.m you know and um and so it's and it's great so yeah, i send out my prayers of thanks for for not only saving me that day but for you know giving me that wonderful experience um, to be able to bring back with me and to, and to share, you know, I mean, it's kind of like my, my, my kind of like, I figured right from the off that the, the, they sent me back for a reason. That's what I kept saying. I lay in hospital thinking, why did they send me back? Why did I just have that experience? And then, and then come back. There must be a reason because as, uh, as we said earlier, I didn't choose to come back. So there must be a reason. Mm. And, um, and I, I figure now that, you know, the reason is that, um, you know, I'm, these ideas are coming through in my music and my art to be able to get the message out to people that, um, that death is nothing to fear, you know, that, that the, it's, it's a beautiful place that we all go to afterwards and, and that it's not an illusion, I, I can assure you. It's, um, you know, I, I'm, I would not turn around and say that I do not fear death if I, if I, thought for one minute that it could have been you know uh, sort of anything but a reality that what happened that, that happened to me that day yeah, that, that, that's beautiful i'd love to ask you a little bit more about that in a minute i just wanted to ask mm. when you uh, channel when you channel the paintings do you oh. feel that it's always the same channel or the same spirit or the same um person energy that enables um, you to paint or is it different yeah I, I yeah i never do feel like that actually i i feel like um there's that i've got different spirit guides helping me um i mean i've been told that as well um that i, that, that I think we all have we've all got um you know a few quite a few various spirit guides that, that are with us our angels or whatever you'd like to call it you know um so I, I definitely think that it's more than one um because also the technique that comes through is is is, is a there's a variance in style i guess in in in, in a sense you know and as much as you know some of it is very the, like a precise technical you know like if i'm painting a line or a curve it's you know unlike before although it's very messy and stuff like that you know i'm suddenly finding that in my paintings that I'm, I'm becoming very organized and tidy 
in, in, in the way I can produce a line or a curve with a paintbrush, and that's very out of character for me, you know. And then there are other elements will come through, like, you know, you know, complete use of colors that I wouldn't, you know, that are different to me. Before, you know, but people used to joke that, that um, you know, why, why don't you put some color in your life? You come in, you walk into your apartment, you know, the, you need some, open your windows, get some bright lights in here, you know. And uh, I was always quite happy with kind of like <laughs> lack of color. Right. Whereas now I look at these paintings and, um, you know, even in my skin tones, when, I'm, when I paint skin tones, you know, I, I don't just see like what you'd expect is kind of, you know, one skin tone. I, I see blues and greens and, and, and stuff that suddenly appear that I, and, and I think that's good. I'm just going to do it. I let myself flow as well. You know, I don't restrict myself. You know, the, the first time I remember putting like some light blue into a skin tone, I thought, am I going to completely wreck this painting now by doing it? But, I, but I'm kind of fearless and I just thought, no, put it in. And you know what? It works. It just kind of gives the skin tone uh, a more of a dimension. So yeah, so definitely more influences coming through than one. How absolutely amazing. And I guess, is it a similar pattern with your music, which I've just been listening to and it's absolutely inspiring and beautiful. I love it. I love it. I love it. Do you find, I mean, you you can't even read music. How do you create these incredible pieces? Yes. Well, um, (laughs) (laughs) it's interesting. It it all started because I, I, I went to some for some spiritual healing um, not long after my, I'd come out of hospital because I, I was very keen to find not answers, but I wanted to share my story with people who I felt would understand it, you know. And I knew that there was a spiritualist church in the town where um, my sister was living because um, I, it, it's just by coincidence. So some months before, I'd been up to visit my sister and on the train journey there i was um i bumped into a group of people and they said um i got chatting to them they're a really interesting group we were just chatting about general things and right at the end of the conversation they said you know it's great to meet you said hey listen there's a medium in town tonight we're gonna go and see her why don't you join us and i went hey okay that'd be great so i just went just for the social you know vibe as it were and um and and turned up at the spiritualist church and uh, so this medium was like darting backwards and forwards i remember she was very animated and she was you know giving people predictions that we're well, talking about family members being with them most people wanted to connect with their loved ones and what have you um i wasn't i got n- no reason other than just to socialize at that point and then she turned around this medium and she stopped and she went gentlemen in the, in the blue jumper um she said um your life is about to change and i went oh Great. And I was thinking, what's this, you know, money, relationship, improvement or whatever. And she said, um, I said, what, in what way? And she said, they're not telling me. They just said, your life's going to change. It's going to be big and be prepared for it. And I went, okay, I'll take that. And, um, and looking back on it, I just kind of thought, I wonder whether that was the kind of precursor for what was about to happen to me, you know? So I was very keen to find this church. And so I found it and I went in there and, um, and um, as I say, I sat through the first service, and at that point, my arm was all kind of still covered in all plastics and everything. I was all kind of hoisted together. And so they could see that I was in a bad way. And then um, 
a German lady walked over to me and she said, we don't normally say this, but but I can see, you know, you're looking pretty bad there. And we do spiritual healing on Thursday evenings. If you're interested, come along. And I went, that sounds good. I, I will. So I did do, and I ended up going for quite some time because I found it to be very, uh, very peaceful, you know, very, very lovely. And um, some of these uh, healers that were also mediums, and they give you like a short message at the end, and a few of them started to say all of a sudden, that uh, I was going to be writing music uh, based on my experience. They, 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 by then, they all knew about my yeah. near-death experience. And so I said, all oh, right. So I figured it would be like a short song because that's all I'd been used to, playing guitar, three chords and stuff, you know. And I was trying to write this song, but nothing was coming. But then one day, I got this old uh, cheap Spanish synthesizer out and I started playing around on that for some reason. And this three chords came out all at once. Well, more than three chords. I said, but this chord sequence came together. And I thought, that sounds really lovely. I like that. So I recorded it. Went out, made myself a coffee, came back in to play it back. And I thought, hmm, that is good. And uh, again, I knew I was channeling straight away ideas that were coming through. So I just developed it and just kept it going. Um, so... Yeah, you're right. I can't. I still can't read or write a note of music. But um, with my, I spoke to my brother, and uh, he said, "Look, I can give you this computer package, which means that you can play stuffing on 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 a, on a you know on a, a, a piano keyboard, as it were. Sorry, and then it would like transform into this into this app, and then and then it would sort of." the notation would come through technology's so, amazing <laughs> it's incredible i wouldn't be able to do it without all that i can tell you so so yeah so so um, it all developed from there and i bumped into a, uh somebody well actually and there was somebody who contacted me and she was a cellist but she was also training in uh, homeopathic medicine and so she had asked if i would be like her kind of trial guinea pig as it were for her exams and, and I said yeah sure so we got chatting and she played in this orchestra and uh, she'd seen my artwork and she said oh can we use one of your paintings for, for our next poster I said yeah of course so you did so I went to the concert and I told her that I'd been developing this music and I said it almost sounds like it could be for orchestra and I just said that you know and she turns and she said to me oh, maybe we could perform it. And I went, right, I'm going to hang on to that. <laughs> I'm not going to let that go. So I just kept developing it to get it stronger. And then I went back and said, do you remember that conversation we had? Well, how would you feel about having a look at what I've done so far? So she said, yeah, sure. So the orchestra got together and looked at it, had a meeting, and I said, this looks really good, and um, we'd like to perform it. So it went from there, really. and. Um, my brother stepped in and uh, helped me tidy up the, you know, the, you know, when he needed to be done because he's classically trained. So he could turn around and say, "Well, actually, the computer has written these notes, but it needs to have a few inflections, blah blah blah." And, and so yeah, so we took it from there, and um, um, and they had a concert all lined up, and um, it sold out two weeks in advance. So Amazing. again. <laughs> Look at it, all was, these incredible synchronicities. I, actually, I was speaking to a, a guest on the show this morning about its synchronicities in life. It's just yeah. uncanny. Ooh. Really fantastic. 
Yeah, oh yes, the synchronicity. I mean, it's like there's there's no such thing as a coincidence. You know, the you know these things are the stars are aligned, as they say, yes. uh, for these things to happen for people, and uh, and so you know, and I, I could feel it at that point as well because they'd asked me to. <clears throat> they said, "Oh, we do local press for for our concerts, and you know, would you would you mind doing a." a quick interview with the local paper. I said, yeah, of course. So I spoke to the local paper. And just from that one interview, the phone started ringing and other papers started wanting to know my story and asking me all about it. And then it went from there to uh, to BBC TV news and then it suddenly became a lot bigger. Yeah, it felt like I could feel this, again, this vibration of love going, ooh, this is, this is feeling great, you know. So... Uh, so and um, yeah, so the it was performed, and um, I remember it, 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 my fam- we had front row seats. My family and I, you know, it was as lovely. The orchestra gave us a front row, and so we all sat there. And uh, we got to the end of the piece, and uh, it sounded amazing to me. You know, it was just brilliant. It was interesting because, <laughs> of course, I had nerves, but I had I was so excited as well to hear it play back because I've been to along to rehearsals and I remember the very first rehearsal uh, you know walking in and it's quite daunting facing an orchestra because they, they really are a sort of a breed onto their own they were lovely people but, well. but, <laughs> yes indeed and, and they kind of and I was I was kept thinking they're going to catch me out they're going to realize that I'm not classically trained <laughs> you're faking it till you make it <laughs> exactly that's it you know so and so so I was like a politician avoiding answering questions you know <laughs> <laughs> but no they were they were lovely they were very supportive but um uh, i remember that first rehearsal you know, the um, the conductor he, he said oh david would you like to come and tell the orchestra what the piece is about but i was so nervous i said no that's fine just just rehearse it he said no come and talk to us so i did and once i started telling the story because it was it was all about it was called the uh, well it's called the divine light which is all about my near-death experience so uh, i suddenly found that this voice just came from me within that, that was felt really relaxed and confident because it was such a you know the story was so personal to me and and people wanted to hear it so it was great and um i remember the the the, the conductor's baton going up and as it slowly came down those opening chords to the first movement, just the strings came in, and I, I went, wow, this is this sounds great, <laughs> this sounds lovely, and I thought, yes, you know, it's I pulled it off, it's um, it's happened. So um, yeah, it was quite a beautiful moment. I've never, I'll, I'll, I'll never forget that that feeling of, of that very first rehearsal. It was beautiful, David. That's so beautiful. You've explained it so well. <laughs> Oh, thanks. <laughs> and I, I guess we're going to go back to your message, which you feel you came back for is one of your messages is to talk to people about not fearing death. That's right, yeah. What would you say to someone, I guess, you know, whatever stage they are in their life that are fearing death? Um, what I'd say to them is that what I've realised now is that me included before that none of us actually really think about it. None of us actually think about about death at all. We we just kind of put it out of our out of our minds until and the moment that we're we're getting close to it. You know, people who are 
you were terminally ill or in my case you know had a serious accident and could be facing death you know i think it's like it's good to try and think about it now and and accept that there is nothing to fear that that you know there is life goes on from here you know and it really it's, this is just part of the cycle that, that we're in um it's interesting because I, I i was invited to france last week to to a retreat and uh, everyone on that treat were all end-of-life carers uh, wow. so really humbling for me to to talk to them you know and so i felt great because i i felt that i was able to give them a message that, that hopefully they can pass on to people that are nearing the end of their their time here you know so um so yeah so it's 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 um it's it's a it's not just me who's had this near-death experience you know there's there's thousands of people have had them so it's 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 nothing new so it's not just me suddenly turning around saying hey you know this happened to me um you know it's 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 and i've been speaking to more and more people who've had ndes now and when i speak to them we have this kind of, we have we keep having these moments of yes so that happened to you yes <laughs> yes i had that too so there's it's kind of like real affirmation that 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 this is for real you know that, that, that um and if and the fact that it is for real is it's a it's it's actually a more beautiful place than where we are now but um but also just when i did come back i i also realized that there's a lot of beauty around me here on earth as well i appreciate nature and beauty and, and the, the the earth that we live on you know and also the big thing I came back with um, was self-love. I never had any self-love before, and I needed to tell myself that that, that I'm loved. So, um, and we all are, and and we will all sense that when we get to the other side. When you know, that we'll, we'll we'll find an awful lot of of love coming to us. That's so beautiful, and um, it is a recurring theme through all the people that I've interviewed that self-love is fundamental to our development and our growth and our ascension to whatever it might be, but self-love is absolutely fundamental for anything, to, for it evolution. Is. Yeah, absolutely, yeah. And yeah. I think I, I feel that you're a speaker. Like, yes, other people have, a new, have had, many others have had a near-death experience, but you speak about it, you know, with such passion and such vitality and energy and potentially you are a speaker here to eloquently um, connect with the masses and, and share your experience. So thank you so much for being on Passion Harvest. <laughs> well, thank There's you. Thanks always for something well. I ask my guests at the end of the show and um, sure. because this is a show about passion and, you know, passion inherently is loving yourself and um, connecting with your soul's journey and purpose. But someone, whether they're happy or not happy, if someone's looking to find their passion or live their passion what what are your words of wisdom or words of advice that you could offer um our audience right um <laughs> okay there's a whole nother podcast by the way <laughs> no, 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 that's absolutely fine because it, I, I, i'm gonna have to start off with the same point we just said actually and that's the starting point is for is self-love mm. and once you know you do learn to love yourself then you'll find that um you you you'll give yourself a lot more breaks you know you'll start sort of 
beating yourself up and saying, I can't do this. I know there's no way I could do that. You know, um, you'll, you'll find your mojo. And, and not only that, you'll find that, um, that synchronicity will come into your life. Um, you know, just, just go after also authenticity. That's another one, you know, try and don't be chasing after things that don't really belong to you. You know, just try and go for things that are authentic to you. And if you get on that, on that path, then, you'll keep going and then it'll, it'll widen and all, all the, all the joys that are meant to come to you will, you know, that's, that's what I firmly believe. And in you, your, whatever it is, your, your passion is, will just be fed from all that, you know, beautiful. Flourish. Thank you, David. <laughs> it's been a delight to have you on the show. Anyone, as usual, wanting to connect with the, the guests on the show, please look at the episode show notes, connect with David. So, David, thank you so much for being on Passion Harvest today. Oh, it's been great chatting with you. Really nice. <laughs> I've oh, loved thank it. You. It's been a <laughs> Me experience. Too. Thank you, David. Okay, thank you. Bye-bye. Bye now. Thank you so much for joining me today. If you would like to know more, follow Passion Harvest on Instagram or Facebook. We would love to hear from you. Tell us how you are living your passions. Please subscribe to our podcast and please rate and review it. Share it with a friend and inspire them to develop their passion. Goodbye and until next time, keep spreading that passion.